Now, uh, I was a little nervous having this guy here because I saw clips of his studio that he does his podcast in. Yes, sir. And I thought, wow, what a great looking studio. He comes into this duct mm-hmm. tape, you know, <laughs> right. uh, pipes hanging from the ceiling, mm-hmm. studio. And I'm like, wow, I'm, I'm really nervous. So we had uh, you know people come in and clean it up. It seems that way, you know, with the cameras, but... But we also duct tape everything. <laughs> All that wood is duct taped. It looks yeah. good, though. It looks good. Nah, yeah, for sure, man. Um, I think that's well. That that was the second studio I built. The first one was. Uh, we have another podcast that I don't think y'all know about, but it's uh, it's called uh, the Rodeo Texas. Cute. Um, and that one's just like music based. Um, oh yeah. Music based podcast. It's a set for every show, basically, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We kind of split it off. You know, uh, I have a co-host too that I don't think she met. His name is Alex. Um, we we. First built that studio. Um, at first, it was called Welcome to the Rodeo, and then our show was called After the Rodeo. So it was just based music-wise um, for the Welcome to the Rodeo, and then After the Rodeo was just all types of genres. We talked about like social anything that was happening on social media, all that. And But then we kind of didn't want to mix them up in the name, especially because they were so similar. Right. Um, and it was during COVID when we started the podcast, so I was like, let's change the name. And then I think we're watching uh, Virgil, like a Virgil, um, it was recent. It was when he had just died. Okay, so we're we're watching. Uh, I think it was an interview of him, and he talked about the Renaissance, about how we're living in a generation of the Renaissance, where we're we're kind of like evolving, especially with technology, anything, everything that has to do with it. And we're like, I mean, we're literally in a pandemic, and then we're kind of like going from it, especially with all the people sadly passing away and stuff. Yeah. Um. So we're like, we're kind of living through the Renaissance pocket, like the Renaissance. So we're like. We should call it that. Okay, yeah. wait. So this is what I think is funny is I think the exact same thing, but I think the mental health, the therapy, all of those conversations that are coming up now are like a huge part of the Renaissance age. And you don't think therapy is oh, real. Think She's been trying to set up this question. Yeah, no, I didn't yeah. try to set it yeah. up. Yeah. I just immediately thought about this. She's finding a segue. She says, you know what I think about? <laughs> it's crazy that your name is Caesar because I had a therapist named <laughs> right, Caesar. Right, exactly. You don't like therapy. <gasps> I've heard. And I really don't like therapy. I mean- I don't believe in it just because maybe it just has, happens to be with, I tried therapy one time mm-hmm. or twice, actually. Uh, I went with two different therapists just because I was going through a phase where I was like, I, I thought I was depressed, I guess. It kind of like- Then just, Andrew Tate told him he wasn't. So yeah. he's like, you know what? Oh yeah, you went to, I thought <laughs> I recognized you. You yeah. were in my class at- uh, And I just became a top G. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just Tate school. Yeah. yeah Tate school. Yeah, yeah, we were in the same class. <laughs> 2023, um, no, to, baby. Yeah. Yeah, now to be honest, it was just- I think the whole, both sessions, they just kind of ended up blaming my parents for the problems that I had, you know, like, um, and mm-hmm. it was for, for me, it was just weird talking to, uh, a stranger about my stuff, mm-hmm. about my life. Um, but then like, I, I guess the, like the whole therapy session, it was just weird. Like it, it was just stuff I already knew, you know, she was right. explaining stuff that I already kind of knew the issues I had with myself. Um, it, it was just the whole acting about it or uh, like resolving your issues. Um, was, is the problem you know it's so interesting um, because that is not how i view therapy whatsoever how do you view therapy <laughs> i i feel like therapy is more so like kind of like michael was saying it's an opportunity to like talk and say whatever you want to say that maybe you wouldn't normally get to say to like your friends or your family for fear that like they'll reject you mm-hmm. and so for me therapy, well, i didn't say that but yeah yeah, yeah. Okay, i know what you're yeah. talking about yeah. sorry i'm yeah, like yeah. expanding on my thought process right, right i got you but what I'm saying is that it's an opportunity for you to get out maybe things that you wouldn't normally be able to talk about with like your friends and family. Sure. And uh, their job is not to tell you what's wrong with your life. Their job is to just sit there and listen and maybe be a little bit of a reflection for you. 
I will say this, me and my therapist have kind of started beefing a little bit lately. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, um, yeah. I don't necessarily agree with everything that you say. Because yeah. they also don't have, con. like my therapist has right. been around for like the last year and she doesn't know my entire life. So I get mm-hmm. it in that perspective. But mm. So are you Hispanic? Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm for, sure. First generation or? Well, my dad's like half Italian, half Mexican, okay. and then my mom's full Mexican. Oh, so you eat good at your house. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. So I think there's also a cultural difference here. So I can see why you would go, yeah. and I can see why he would not go. Because, like, also me, like, in a Hispanic, you know, household, we don't talk about issues. Like, we normally, like, keep them, like, to ourselves. Sure. Even, like, even just, like, family issues. Like, my mom knew a lot of things, like, secrets about just their generation that they would not allow their kids to know about okay. until like later when they're older, you start hearing like small little things and then they're yeah. all like, Oh, well I didn't want to tell you that because that was a secret. Like no one's supposed to know our, our problems, our, our issues. Yeah. So I'm going to actually combat you on this because I think my Christian traditional background. Are you challenging similar. him to a du- fight? Is that what's happening? Yes. Ding, okay. Ding, ding. Oh, sorry. Um, I, I don't know. You're also Hispanic. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, <laughs> well, she identifies. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I see what you're saying and I also identify with it because Mm -hmm. from my Christian traditional background, like my family does not want to like talk about the problems. Right. They They, don't want to deal with They just cause the problems. Yeah. As a Christians. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. As (laughs) church I mean, most wars were started by religious, but like, let's not get into a history. I know, I know. I'm I'm kidding. I'm just Uh, But no, I identify with what you're saying because- the reason I had to go to therapy is mostly just so I can cry. Like, right. cause I don't have any other like safe spaces for myself to cry. But were you like exposed to the ideas of going to therapy when you were younger? No, no, not at all. No, 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 no. Yeah. We were supposed to pray. <laughs> Keep it quiet. You say, cause therapy is a uh, place where you tell your therapist stuff that, you wouldn't tell your friends. Isn't that an issue with like not having friends that mm. are close enough with? Yeah, is that a read? <laughs> yeah. Oh, because, he again, I kind of have like, like I said, anything I was telling my therapist, kind of like my two, three close friends I already know. You know, yep. yeah. Anything that I tell, I'm pretty mm-hmm. open with it, with this stuff that's happened in my life. Yeah, and I'll um, say this too. I and I was talking about this with them. I've cut out a ton of people in my mm-hmm. life lately because I realized they weren't people that I could be close with. And like, like I broke up with my ex probably like a month or two ago. And one of the girls that I cut out recently, I tried to like talk to her about it. And she basically just like made me doubt myself. She was like, are you sure? Like, was he really like, was he just going through a hard time and you were just basically being a bitch? And I was like, no, no, I wasn't. I was like, I wanted emotional support. Then he wasn't offering it. So, uh, yeah, I think it also has to do with the fact that I didn't have like really good close friends. And I've been rediscovering that Mm -hmm. through this process. I feel like we're very... um our communication is really well, so like anything that we have an issue with, we deal with it pretty, pretty fast. Um, it was it's actually three people. It's uh Alex, Alan, and me. Um, Alan's like more my, like my editor, but again, it's just the the part where like Alan had some issues with the family prompts and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he was my main editor. Now I'm the main editor for the podcast. Um, he had issues, and automatically was like he's like all right. I'm having issues. I'm gonna have to take a break. I was like, okay, cool. I'll take care of everything now. So you started the podcast during uh, the pandemic, correct? Yeah. Okay. So why keep going? So you've been doing it for two, three years now. What's yeah. the motivation? Well, to be honest, it took a while for us to stick to it and really, really put our full effort in it. Because I think the first year we were kind of like struggling to find what we wanted mm-hmm. in the podcast. I think the first year, and then after that, we kind of like all had our own separate 
goals, you know, like not goals, but like tasks to do in a podcast. So we kind of like, we finally figured out each, each, but each of our own stuff. Like he was an editor. I would bring the guests, you know, uh, do my research on the guests. And then Alex, the co-host, he would just kind of like, well, he had a more, more of a, he would be just pretty much the co-host cause he also the had to take care of the, the other podcast. Too. Yeah. 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 So we kind of didn't want to put that much pressure on him. Um, but yeah, we kind of like finally took it serious when we started bringing in like big guests. Um, I think whenever we brought, um, who was it? One Chris of Perez, friends. you had him on. Well, we had Chris Perez way later on and that was shout out to Smooth Vega. He's one of, uh, I don't know if you know who that is. I just followed him today. Oh, you did? <laughs> yeah. 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 He's a, he's a promoter. He does everything. He's a manager for big artists now. Um, um, yeah, he's a whole, whole thing, man. But, um. But yeah, he he just brought us to San Antonio that 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 uh, interview with Chris Perez. It was weird because we weren't even supposed to interview neither one of them. Like we were just supposed to be there to like to help him out because he was going to use our cameras. But then his production company um, ended up agreeing to go all the way to San Antonio, so they ended up setting up everything for him. And we're just there in the house, mm-hmm. <laughs> so we're like, what do we do? Like we we're we're just chilling here, so we're like, it, let's take advantage of it. Let's hit up some artists that um, have hit us up through San Antonio. Um and we interviewed them and I think he helped us with some artists too that he we were supposed to interview too. Um, we just did a whole like kind of like this like the where you have like a tripod set up mm-hmm. and the roof of that Airbnb and we just interviewed them and then whenever he was Smooth Vega was supposed to interview Chris, he was gonna have a whole one hour pop, uh, podcast with him interview and his best friend was there Carlitos, which is his uh, right hand man. He's the lead um, singer on their group. Um, and he was just there hanging out, and we're like, "Do you do you want to go do a podcast with us?" You know, like we have the setup and everything. Oh, chill. Yeah. I love celebrities that are cool. Yeah, he was really cool about it. He's like, "Yeah, I mean, I'm down. Let's let's do it." And the roof. He went up to the roof. The roof was super cool. It, that that um that Airbnb owned, was owned by AJ Hearns, which he's a, also another artist. Um, um, that he rented out the studio. The sorry, the Airbnb for Smooth. Um, so it was like a nice rooftop uh, that we had to set up and yeah carlitos ended up doing the interview and then just chris like just kind of crashed our uh, our interview and i was like bro this, i was like it's <laughs> it was so surreal to me like talking like, to chris because it's like i was like i watch your movies when i was little you know like i watched the movie almost every single year whenever it was selena's like uh mm-hmm. anniversary death and all that and like they would pass it in like the in the you know the univision um the the tv network mexican tv network mm-hmm. yeah they would pass it every year and it was so surreal to me like talking to him about stories about selena even afterwards whenever we like were done we stayed for a while like two or three more hours there in the in the airbnb just talking about stuff drinking um that's awesome it was just dope it was just a real moment but it was just like i guess it just like the whole podcast thing it it just you just have to be at the right place Mm -hmm. at the right time you know you just have to be there like whenever somebody invites you to do something yeah or like to go on an event just go you never know what's gonna happen oh my god show up people yeah (laughs) yeah that's what i'm saying so it's like most of our big guests that we've brought is just because i was at the right place wrong like Mm -hmm. right time you know and it's just because and sometimes it's even a guest that like you don't even know what kind of connections they have it might seem like they're just as like not so big in the mm-hmm. social media world but then they know somebody is like oh shit, what the mm-hmm. heck that's so crazy and yeah. then you just make that connection which is yeah kind of what like i've been doing now like uh, it's to get big artists I'm, I'm gonna be honest with you um my strategy is getting everybody around the big artists mm-hmm. so like getting their photographer getting their dj getting their producer on the podcast and then by the time they're like 
who is this podcast? Because like they keep interviewing everybody that's oh, around that's my smart. circle. Yeah, and like that's how we. T- I don't know if y'all know who Tame Money is. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. That's how she hit us up too. It's all based off of. I guess social media networking, but uh, I'm not really good at that, to be honest. I'm not good at hitting up. I've never hit up. A, 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 it's rare that I hit up somebody to do a, the podcast. Usually somebody just hits me up. like, Hey, I want to do mm-hmm. your podcast. And that's how I, I got like, on the podcast. You've created a great studio environment. The name of the podcast really speaks to artists. And so it's not that hard when you already are doing things with quality and excellence. At one point, this is 20 years ago almost, but when deal or no deal, was out on TV. We had an idea to interview every single deal or no deal model because they were all hot, you know. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I remember them. Wow. And then at the end, we were going to interview Howie Mandel, which is, I was a big fan of Howie Mandel because he used to do the show called uh, Bobby's World. And I don't know yeah. if you guys remember that. So I was a big fan of Howie Mandel. And so we thought we'd go all the way up the 24 models or whatever it was. <laughs> and so we started interviewing a couple of them. And then they had this internal message board that they would talk, all the models would talk to each other. And it's like, we had such a great time on the show. And they would start hitting us up. And oh, so yeah. we had all of, most of the models. And then 17 years later, we had Howie Mandel. So you never know what can happen. <laughs> you, yeah. you set a goal. You never know what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, people ask me this question all the time. Who's on your, if you had their top five fantasy uh, guests, if you could pick five people right now that you, you could die happy after you interview them, who would they be? For sure, Theo Vaughn is my favorite one. Yeah. His, his whole... Just talking to him in general, it would be my favorite. To talk I think to. you guys, you have the same type of like energy. You know yeah. what I mean? Because he's not yeah. this high energetic guy. You know what's funny? Like I think Theo Bond would be the type of guy that I would actually open up to. Yeah, yeah, I feel like that. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. like just about stuff because the way he talks about his childhood. That'd be your therapy. It's like I've yeah. gone through so much stuff that I, like I would, he would definitely find the, the comedy in it. You know, yeah, yeah, but um, he would also give you, I think, really good advice too. For sure, mm-hmm. yeah, because there, sure. there is a lot of there's a lot of the character, right? Theo Vaughn, the character that you see, but then there's also a lot of times it pushes in that realness, and uh, I think that's what makes him so endearing to people. Yeah, that's true. So Theo Vaughn, Theo Vaughn, um, I think most of mine are would be re- oh, another one would be Jordan Peterson. Okay, oh, yeah, to, even 100%. though he's more, yeah, you're gonna make him cry. I, I, I would, I would expect him to make me cry. <laughs> 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 nah, he was a he was a big part of it, especially because I didn't grow with a with a dad uh, yeah. figure in my life. Yeah. Um, I think the way he talked about, I think his one of his books, I think it was uh, the Twelve Rules of Life. Or, yeah, 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 yeah. Twelve Rules of Life. Um, it, it changed a lot of my mentality, especially getting more yeah. mature. Because it was, I went through a phase where like I kind of quit dating. Um, I'm I'm still kind of barely starting to date again but i went like three four years without dating to work on yourself to work on myself yeah because yeah. I, I i started figuring out that i was like i would get in these like you said i would just hop on relationship to relationship to relationship and i would never figure out what i wanted for myself and and then it would just be like i, I would be not happy with the relationship because it was just like i never had time to like actually be happy with myself if mm-hmm. that makes sense um so then i would just keep hopping on these relationships and then it would be like six seven months later i'll be like oh like i didn't really like this girl like that like why am i in this relationship for sure so then i would just figure out a way to get out of it and then i would just kind of like go back again to start the cycle again so i was like then i was like fine i was like no i gotta stop doing this because it's just like yeah it had a hard reset myself yeah right and it kind of helped that i was starting a podcast too so i was like talk therapy yeah it was talk therapy and also i kind of put all my energy into it that so i didn't have time to have a relationship which is crazy now because I feel like dating now nowadays is so hard, especially with. I don't think it's ever been easy. 
I, I think it's way harder now, especially with social media. Like, girls are, I don't know. I what are they, girls? Please tell yeah. me, Caesar. Yeah, please. <laughs> like, I, I don't know who they are. Like, good looking, <laughs> I feel like good looking girls on social media expect so much from a guy nowadays. Yeah. Um, like what do you want to give in a relationship? Maybe that's a better question. With like, just like stuff, you mean, or like just in, <laughs> in general? Like, yeah, uh, energy uh, what do like? you think that in a relationship, like, if a if who's your dream girl? Jordan well, Peterson's daughter. Yeah, Jordan, like, <laughs> nah, Jordan Peterson's married, daughter man. walked up mad, in here right now. I was so mad when she got married, man. Just, <laughs> I thought she got a divorce. She's married again. Oh, she got a divorce. Yeah, <laughs> you might, you might have to look at her. her when she got yeah. married. So. All right. Well, Damn, you might you might check said, again. I was that's how to. I know. Do you do what I do? Like sometimes I'll do that. I'll see somebody on social media. I start following them. And I start envisioning our life together. I've never met this person. They live in a, the you know Australia or whatever. I'm never going to go there. But I start envisioning our life together, and then they get married. I'm like, I can't believe she did that to me. Like yeah. I take it personally. Mm-hmm. Nobody does that. That's me. And yeah. Tommy well, to be honest, that might sound I might sound f-ed up when I say this, but like, whenever a girl gets pregnant or she gets like, if she's not a friend that I know closely and, or she starts like or gets married or anything I just don't follow them yeah. there's, there's no point of me following I you like, that you're too, strange yeah. I was like Michael, I think Michael does that too. yeah, yeah. Okay, like I have I every every month or every like nah I won't say every month every like three four months I just go through my whole social yeah. media yeah, yeah like, I do oh, that she's pregnant I don't follow what if, oh what, what if they get engaged Unfollowed. <laughs> you know what's so funny? I feel like my social status went way down after being in a relationship for two years. And I was like, I'm going to marry this man. I'm going to marry this man. It's like I lost so many friends. I was like, what the hell? You realize they're not well, friends. Fine. They're just trying yeah. to yeah, yeah, yeah. to you the whole time. Truth. So we're rebuilding. All right. So you got Jordan Peterson. Yeah, Jordan Theo Peterson, Bond. Theo Bond. Well, Jordan Peterson. Oh, I'm, I'm still working on my impression. Never mind. Forget it. No, <laughs> Did it sound like Jordan Peterson for make, a second yeah, it's there? It's hard to no. impersonate Jordan Peterson. Well, I think it would be a bunch of comedians, to be honest. I love comedians, um, yeah. Uh, who would be another one? David Lucas. He's yeah. A, he's an upcoming comedian. Yeah. Um, well, I, I don't think he's upcoming. He's really big now, but uh, I watch a lot of the Kill Tony show. Yeah. I love the Kill Tony show. I'm actually actually just bought tickets to go see him. So. In Austin? Yeah, in Austin. Yeah, in Austin. They're killing it over there. Um, there would be David Lucas. Who else would be another? You know, I've thought about this, but then now, like, that you it changes. It, it just... No, it's just my mind went blank on. Oh, who it's I fine. Want. Yeah, I mean, I, I know, people put you That's on the sp- put me on the spot all the time too. But I've been fortunate; I've done this a long time to where I've interviewed everybody on my list. So you could die now. Yeah, you I can, can die. Oh, yeah, Aww. I could go stand in the middle of thirty five right now and, and have no regrets. Yeah, no regrets. And he's been on TV. Yeah, I've been on TV. Yeah. Met yeah. on Steve Harvey. Yeah, you know. So I mean, I've done everything. So now I just uh, I can die. I'm just waiting for that opportunity. I hired a little hitman company to <laughs> take me out. You can't and, die uh, because you're part of my dream now. Oh, I don't know if I want to be a part of that. Oh, okay, that's, that's just a, be a sweet Instagram. sentimental oh. moment. You just yeah. kind of. <laughs> I don't know what that what that means. I'm Michael Myers. <laughs> you're part of my dream now. You're chasing me with a knife the entire time. Yeah, yeah. I would say Joe Rogan too. Joe okay, Rogan, yeah, Rogan. But, be but obviously, that's that's that would be impossible. I don't think so. No, no, nothing's impossible. You just wait until he's less famous. Well, to be honest, he's, yeah, he's too busy for even to like. Yeah, but that's going to end at some point. Yeah. Nah, Nobody I don't think famous so. I, forever. I think for him, it's like something, especially with podcasts, I think this is one of the few things that you can do. I mean, he does it at his house, you know? So it's like something that even if as busy as he gets, as older as he gets, I think his podcast will get better. You, you don't know? think people are going to get tired of him? No, I don't think so. I think uh, I, I think he'll find, he's an artist at the end of the day, right? He's a comedian, he's an actor. So he's going to find other things. The podcast may always be a mainstream for him, but at some point... His podcast is going to get less and less views. And uh, so he'll be looking for other things to do. So I, I yeah. trust me from somebody who 
waits for celebrities to get less famous to grab them. Uh, yeah, or you could just get them before they're famous. That's not as fun because nobody cares before they're oh, famous. Oh, I love that kind of stuff because I'm like, oop, I got them before you did. I knew it. <laughs> yeah, but even then it's like, Nobody cares about the interview. They're not, they're not talking about anything interesting. They're talking about how they grew up and like, yeah, 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 yeah. You, you don't know, think that's yeah. interesting? No. Most wow. people, because it's all the same story. Everybody has the same story just about. Change a couple of little narratives here and there. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I always think the the little things that really like make you change. Like, okay, so question for you. When you started the podcast with the guys and you were like, I'm going to start working on myself. What was it that like really made you be like, what was the pain or like the realization that you had that made you really want to start trying to invest in yourself more? I don't know. I think it was just a realization about my like about myself. I think it was reading. Start. I started reading books a lot, so I kind of started realizing that I was like messed up oh. in the head. Or not just what book my, did you read that made you feel like you were messed up? Right. Well, not that I was messed up, but like I was just not in the right path. You know? Right. 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 Yeah, um, you're on the other side of the road. Yeah, I was going the wrong way. Yeah. Or like I need to figure out stuff for myself, then then finally work on a relationship or look for a relationship. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. I think it was um, well. I was the the twelve rules of life. I think it was that a Jordan was Peterson one, book. Yeah, Jordan yeah. Peterson one. Um, also, I forget the name of that that book, but I think it's called Get Hard. Um, which that's is, my book. Uh, I think that's uh, also <laughs> pause. Until a film. Uh, no, I don't think yeah. that's the name of it. I think, that's just, <laughs> I just but it was with uh, David Goggins. Um, he's uh, the minute. Uh, Ex Marine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think Joe Rogan had him in a podcast, but I think I saw another podcast of his that made me want to listen to his book. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I didn't really read his book. His was more of an audible because yeah. his audible book, it's more like a podcast. Like he he stops the the narrator from reading the book and he, he just chimes in on the <laughs> on the on the book, and then he talks about that special that that moment he had during the book. It's it's, mm-hmm. it's a biography book about him getting becoming a marine because it took him like 10 times or not i don't think 10 times i, I thought like they just accepted anybody when it came to like being in the army or a marine well, not, or, well no he was a navy seal so he was like the top it was like the top of the you. top so that's why it took him like five times to make it because it was the stuff he had to go through was just incredible yeah incredible like it's crazy the the, the things they have to go through um especially because he was like i think like i'm not sure the don't quote me on this but i think he was like 300 pounds whenever he decided to get into me so he was way out of shape whenever he mm-hmm. started um he he went into it um and then he whole, found he found a discipline yeah he found a discipline yeah but he also had a lot of issues growing up mm-hmm. especially with his parents with his dad and all that so kind of like made me figure that i was like i was kind of messed up because of my family or the, the stuff i went through so i was like i have to figure that out first before i even get into a relationship because then like i want a family where I don't want to go through the same thing I went through. Like, I don't want my kids to go through the same things I went through. So that's why I got to be a better, I guess, self, human. yeah, a better human in order for me to be a better dad, you know? Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. That's precious. Even though I don't have kids, but. You got to prepare now. Yeah. yeah. I got to mm-hmm. prepare now. Um, and I'll say this when it comes down to like the parental thing, I realize it's just about having healthy boundaries with my parents. Like my dad lived 10 minutes away from me my entire life. And I'm just now meeting him like at 27 for the first time. He's got bipolar. He had to like relearn all of his cognitive functions. So being around him and learning more about him has realized one made me realize why boundaries and mental health is really like important and then two it has also taught me that you can still love somebody and have passion and empathy for someone while holding your ground Mm -hmm. so what is the goal i guess with the podcast like you have two podcasts now 
So I guess like, what is the end goal for you or what is the next step with these podcasts for you? Just become rich. Don't just, <laughs> yeah, buddy. Superstar. <laughs> no, honestly, like I, I always say like if two people are watching it and then it's just me talking to somebody, learning something new about them, then I'm happy with it. You know, yeah. okay. like I love the, the part where I get to learn new stuff from any, any person that comes in, any guest that comes from uh, into the podcast. That's why I don't say no to anybody you know like even a psychiatrist i'll bring them you know like, <laughs> and we all know how much you hate I psychiatrists mean, you genuinely yeah. feel uh, like by the end of well, the podcast people are gonna be like so therapy is helpful you just don't like therapy i just don't like it i don't think it's for me well know? no i think no. yeah i think what what you're saying is uh everyone has a therapeutic way of dealing with something yours yeah. is reading books and thinking about it and you know processing who you want to be, where you're at now, that's your therapy. Yeah. You don't have to go talk to a stranger about it, but some people don't have anyone or, or have the drive right. to re- pick up a book and read it. They have to go talk to somebody. But yeah. So it's really about learning. That's that's your goal right, about yeah. the podcast, Learning right? on, on, yeah, on life stuff, you know? I think that, learning from the right people is important, too, because yeah. my therapist is a little Christian woman, and that I was having a oh, lot of religious trauma. Yeah. And so, especially because I got to a point where I had to do OnlyFans, which I'm still doing OnlyFans right now as I continue to Which, by the way, uh, you can get 10% off your first month <laughs> by using promo code. I will literally do I'm that. Just no, I'll do yeah. it. Yeah. MZ uh, I'm now. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I uh, um, DM me about it. I'll so send it to you. Let me ask you something. I know uh, this is way off topic. Uh, what do you think of the? Uh, this was just told by me by another by a gay friend that um, there's a Twitter page where it's like gays against groomers. I don't know if mm-hmm. you know about this. No, I don't. Uh, so there's like this page that is like gay gays against groomers, which is like just a bunch of gay people that are like not against like this whole movement of like kids being brought into this. Uh, or well, you know how the the whole thing that's going on right now with uh, drag queens, yeah, drag queens yeah. and all that. Mm-hmm. Do you think it, it's there's an issue with that uh, with having kids so, um, so young well, still I, being able? To, I mean, yeah, I know what you're saying. I mean, not to label people already without. I mean, you're just automatically just throwing negative context on top of it. Um, you know, gay people are not groomers, and neither are drag queens. Yeah, and just because they're saying that that it is doesn't mean that it's true. Yeah. Um, you know, I grew up with two gay uncles around me. And there was that that stigma, like my mom didn't, uh, my mom and my dad, they didn't feel like they wanted to, for them to be gay around me, mm. because they think that they were going to subject to all of us to that, and then by and then by just visual what stimuli that we were going to become gay ourselves. Uh-huh. I will say that um, I mean I have three, there's three of us boys, so to have two older brothers, and then I'm the youngest out of the boys, um, and then I had an older sister. Um, nobody's gay except for me. And they were subject to not just that, but um, a lot of other stuff. Yeah. And so we all turned out different. Um, some of us turned out better than others. Um, hint, hint. Not, not, I mean, <laughs> I wouldn't say I wouldn't say that was kind of like shady. I will say because everybody, everybody, some, yeah, no, everybody is a timeline in their life is different. How they accomplish things, what they go through, they take things differently and how they grow from them is, is just different for everybody. Um, but, um, but I will say, I, I told Michael this a long time ago and going back to what I said is that if I was not gay, I would not be who I was, who I am today. Mm. I, I would be because of what I was subject to when I was a child. Um, I would be somebody totally different. He would have had a, he would be, 
maybe even in prison. Yeah. yeah. Do you Definitely. think do you think this is something that should be taught in schools or should be like just up like to the parents? Like um just like sexuality? Sexuality, yeah, just your oh, your man, that's tough. Like just like, I mean like just like the different yeah, sexual just, like, yeah, like the sexual like what what you are, like how what do you identify as and all that? Like do you think it should be right. up to the parents to like kind of like teach the the kids? No, I, I mean, I think it, it, I think it is taught. It should be taught in school because I, I went through sex ed in school, like in elementary school and fifth, sixth grade. I can't remember which one. Um, I was totally grossed out. <laughs> but, yeah, I remember that. But, too, you know, yeah. But going back to what you said about just like also because it kind of goes hand in hand about the you know the gays against groomers. Um, this is going back in history. Like I think it's like nineteen, like I forget what it is, nineteen fifties, sixties, where they basically put this idea, um, like people that were in, of a uh, like in media, like I, I forget the lady's name, but her, her first name, but her last name was Bryant. So it's basically they had this big political campaign to like shun homosexuality and label them as groomers, pedoph- pedophiles, um, basically everything evil, um, and that like basically brainwash has stuck with the older generation because they grew up with that's all they knew right that's all they kept hearing so when they um grew up they um equated homosexuality or anything non you know heterosexual as evil and dirty and of you know pedophilia descent um that they're gonna like come steal my children and and turn them gay and whatever but that's because of what they were told back in the day and it it just came with them so i think yeah being vocal about like how homosexuality is not evil um and teach that teach that in in like school and just say hey this is just from a science aspect of it we're gonna tell y'all about them um you know i think it's fine because I, i didn't have that i i That's what I was going to say. So because I was raised in the church and I'm bisexual, I came out two years ago and I've just kind of had to be a little late, a a bloomer in my life when Mm -hmm. it comes to that and understanding that I wasn't, there was nobody around me except for Adam who like Mm -hmm. came out gay when he was in high school. And I was like, what, (laughs) you know? So uh, I had no reference point of it until I started uh, seeking that out and started to go to pride or started to Mm -hmm. be around like gay friends and I realized, I was like, hmm, I have a very different view. Like in the church, they talk about be love, like love people and all that kind of stuff. You can love them, but not the sin, you know? And so what I've had to overcome is a lot of self like judgment and hate because I genuinely love everybody and I am sexually attracted to both men and women. And I think that there is a lot of shame, not only in the church, but in society around it still, kind of what you were talking Mm -hmm. about from the older generation. And you have to be confident in yourself and know that, no, that's just how I love. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can even take it back even further. I mean, like in the 70s 70s and 80s, the people that grew up hearing about all that, um, you could see in movies, in the cinema. Um, uh, The villain was always someone of a LGBT descent. Like you had Buffalo Bill, as a crossdresser, um, you had um, who else? I think it was like um, the uh, sleepaway camp. The basically the villain in that film was a little a little um, girl, but really it wasn't. It was actually a uh, a boy. But the adult was dressing him up as a girl. Um, so you have a trans, you know, a transsexual um, person really? as the yeah. villain. That's so right. you can look at the horror genre and see that 
oh, they they just through this context of like, okay, well, gay people are evil. Let's make the villain gay people. You yeah. know, so, mm. yeah. I think probably the the biggest, not the biggest issue, but I think like there are pedophiles that yeah. probably would take advantage of this situation, where like they take advantage of like the actual people that are trying to make the the. I guess what you said, like no, nobody had that as a little as as when you were a kid. Mm-hmm. Nobody, you don't have that to look up to or to look at. That there's gonna be those people that are gonna take advantage of it. Oh and yeah, and it's kind of gonna ruin it for the people that are actually trying to do good for the people that really feeling like that. You know, the lack change. of education leads to manipulation. Yeah, which I think that gays and groomers, it's it's a good thing for them to do because it's like you actually target the people that are not doing the what's good for your community. You know. Right. Which is like as actually, long as it's educational and not just canceling people, I'm all for it. Yeah, yeah. which is that's the point. I think uh, nobody I, should get canceled for anything yeah. ever. The point I'm sorry, I thought I think I think I miss I misunderstood what the gays against groomers is. Is it gays against actual groomers? Yeah, groomers and also pedophiles. Like the page exposes a lot of like pedophilia, you know, stuff like, that are gotcha. not not yeah. the fact that they're saying that drag gays queens. are groomers. Yeah, yeah. no, not that. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. No, I thought the it's same just thing. Actual yeah. Gay, yeah. Yeah. I, I was with you. Gay I, I, people I, actually not okay with. Yeah, the ones that are actually do. Oh that. Yeah. yeah, oh, I'll be part of that group. I I was just out this weekend. <laughs> no, was, no, but I got you. You, you were explaining perfectly well. Yeah, it's not. not I love what you yeah. said. Yeah, no, I'm Everything. a true a true crime like buff, and I'm literally watching. I I literally went to a just like a little entertainment like um I'm not gonna say who it is who the, the company um like a little amusement entertainment like venue um similar to the main event but it wasn't main event and um. This guy that was working pin stacks. No, oh. <laughs> no. This guy that was working one of the little things or whatever. Um, we were trying to get ready and everything, and then we had a, we were going to ask him a question. He was so zoned out because he was looking at these two little girls. <gasps> wow! And he's basically working at a venue, basically targeted two children. And I'm just like, okay, this guy is literally. You, you know, need to go. Yeah. So I'm definitely, a, you know, a gay against groomers. You know, uh, uh, Chris Sapphire posted this, uh, reposted this TikTok yesterday. It's kind of in the same vein of what we're talking about, but it was Lucille Ball. And oh. it was, a, she was on a talk show. Right. And they were asking her questions and the guy in the audience is asking, uh, you know, women are asking questions to Lucille Ball and he's uh, going up with the microphone. Lucy, we have uh, Jennifer here from, you know, San Francisco and she has a question for you. And, and uh, Lucy's like, well, get your hands off her. Because the guy would touch every single girl. Oh, right. Yeah. Yes, like, Lucille Ball. Right. She would be like, I can I see her. I can oh, see her. Oh, she was a trailblazer. She's I love like, Lucille Ball. Get your hands. She told this guy like six times during this broadcast. Every single one he's touching, he's like, oh, I'm so sorry. Like, you don't need to touch the person. Right. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, this stuff's been going on for a long time. So it's good, to, you know, right. to have people out there that are calling it out and, uh, you know, right. yeah. standing up against it's it. Understanding that there are. Uh, there is a process and a time to everything. You yeah. can't just go up to somebody and invade their personal space. Right. I'm a gay against a lot of stuff. You know, <laughs> I had follow that on Twitter, by yeah, the way, because I was watching her the first time we had her you know, on the show. Um, she was headed to her car in the front of the building. And um, I was like, she was talking to me and I was like, I'm going to watch you while you get into your car. I have to see you literally get in your car yeah. Yeah. because if she goes missing, like I, w- I just would not forgive myself. Yeah. So, um, but another thing, but she- then she goes and goes on, uh, sleeps in random people's. Right. What are you even watching her that right. day? She's, She's like, like missing you. anyways. You're like, where are you going? Divinely protect. You're like, uh, where are you going? Oh, I'm going to some stranger's house in another state to sleep on his couch. Hopefully I don't get kidnapped. <laughs> yeah. Living in a, a container home. Yeah. Um, yeah. Very nice guy. Yeah. But, you know, 
and I will say I won't say who the guest is, but I was at we were at a party years ago with a guest that we had on the show, and um, she got really drunk. It was me and Chris. She got really drunk, and um, guys were noticing, and <sighs> we had to take her out because the guys because she was of somebody also of a uh, of status. Yeah. yeah. Um, and we had to take her out to protect her, and so I was the I mean I was like right there, and the guy was trying to oh I just, I just want to see you know how she's doing. I said well you don't need to. You know, you, you don't need to check on her. Like, we got it. Yeah. I told you we got it. And um, I guess that he thought that because we were gay, we weren't going to, like, stand up, you know, for anybody yeah. or ourselves. Yeah. And I was like, oh, no, I'm from the hood. I will yeah. <laughs> I will knock you out. <laughs> I want to go out with you and get drunk just to watch you was funny. It. One, of my, one of my great friends once told me, like, uh, if somebody's, like, harassing me, would you stand up for me? And he's, like, 6'3". And I'm like, you got to fight for me. Like, what you talking about? You talking to me right. way bigger than me. You got to fight for me. Like, you got to defend me, bro. That, that's funny. I was like, whenever he told me that, I was like, bro, you way bigger than me. You got to fight for me. Right. That's what I tell uh, Jules when we go out. Right. Um, excuse me. I thought you were 7-Eleven over there, buddy. Well, right. not when I'm out in public. Oh, okay. I want to be you know short and small. Cause that's what celebrities are. Yeah. You know, they're short and small. Uh, anyway, Caesar, thank you so much for coming yeah, by. Where can we follow your two podcasts? Where can we follow you? Uh, the Renaissance Podcast and then also uh, the Rodeo. That's not my podcast, but <laughs> you got try it one more time, buddy. One more time. Let me let me look it up just to make sure because we changed the name on it, but I just got to make sure because I, I usually don't shout that one. <laughs> Definitely the Renaissance podcast, though. So. Yeah, definitely the Renaissance podcast. And then what's also your me, Brianna Way? Okay, perfect. Um, yeah. I actually don't have. Well, you have your. I have my Instagram, but I, I deleted the app, the whole app. Uh, so Instagram in general. Um, so just give him a follow. He'll follow you back when he feels like. Yeah, it. yeah, yeah I'll yeah, follow back follow once it. I get back on the app. You know, um, <laughs> month later. I, I'm thinking. Of, well, to be honest, I'm taking like it's been a social a break month now. Yeah, yeah, it's been a month now. It's time, bud. Um, it's time. No, nah, I got. I, I still got it. Another month. Okay, okay. It distracts me a lot. It distracts Ooh, me a lot. Yeah. Like, when I looked at how much time I spend, because you know how it tells yeah, you yeah, how much time yeah. you spend, I was like, oh, It's part Jesus. of your job now, though. It is, but you don't need it as much, to be honest. Yeah, Especially, I have somebody running my social media account. Okay, well, then I have my, yeah. somebody that, that runs it, so it's like, they'll post everything, I just send them everything, what to post, and then they'll do it for me. Nice. Yeah, awesome. Better. Well, thank you so much, Caesar. It was yep. a pleasure talking to you. Peace out.